Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun. <sighs> Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions. See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Great. There goes my towel. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Never stop competing. This is an Irish independent podcast. It, it was the road less travelled. I think, if you think about, you know, Lancaster might have been a little blueprint for him. I don't know if we watched that or thought about that, but he's done it the tough way and it just shows you in life that's generally, that's, that can be, that's often the best way to go about it. And, he, and he, it's given him... I, I think he looks he looks like one of the, the most promising coaches in the world, uh, I think, at this point. And that's very early in his coaching career to be saying that. Leinster are now one game away from finally winning back the European Cup after beating Toulouse emphatically over the weekend. But standing in their way once again is the familiar foe of La Rochelle. That final in the Aviva Stadium will come into view in a few weeks' time, but tonight on the left wing, we will look back on that Toulouse game and cover a host of other talking points ahead of what will be another busy weekend. I'd like to welcome Luke Fitzgerald and Rory O'Connor to the studio. Will Slattery with you as always. And Rudd, we kind of teed it up last week on the show. It was a big week. It was going to be a big occasion. And I think we did get that European occasion but the game was kind of similar to last year. It was very one-sided, as was the other semi-final. Why do you think it unfolded the way it did on Saturday? Yeah, it didn't deliver what I expected it to deliver. Like I, I enjoyed watching Leinster in full flight. I thought they were they were really excellent. But Toulouse, Toulouse brought it in the first 10 minutes. I do think the injury um, that forced them to rejig their back line and the fact that they, they got punished for the 6-2 split... Um, Straight away that, early. Straight away yeah. early. That, mm. that, that Brassi, losing Brassi and having to redeploy three members of their back line threw them off. But they were making Choosing mistakes to before. Yeah, well, like I... Rather I, than having to, I would say. Well, like. I think they picked... Now, I haven't looked in depth at the to-do squad and who's available and who's not. But I think if Leinster ever went 6-2, they would go with Jimmy O'Brien as the second player because he can pretty much play anywhere. They picked two very... You know, Retier, who was the second player, they brought on uh, Grouse, who's, who's a scrum half. And then Retier is a scrum half or a winger. You kind of need someone who can do the Kieran Frawley or Jimmy O'Brien role and be able to cover every position because that's the risk you're taking. And and if you don't, you end up with this um, succession of knock-on effects that, that that really threw them off. But they were already making mistakes before that. I mean, Thomas Ramos, the, what led to that injury was Ramos carrying the ball into touch from a kick that he should really have been able to dealt with. Really silly yeah. stuff. They'd already given away a couple of bad penalties. They were showing signs of the mental fragility and poor decision making that w- that basically became a bit of a hallmark of their their their, their performance. So w- when they had the ball in Leinster's territory, they caused Leinster probably more problems than any team has done all season. They just couldn't get into that zone enough times. And when Leinster got into their zones, they just couldn't handle what they they brought in terms of their accuracy, in terms of their attack. And um, they were poor, ill disciplined. Certainly, the first yellow card. I've been having debates with people over the last couple of days, but I'm sure we'll get into the second one. I'm, I'm, I'm keep keep coming and going on it, but I can see why it was given. But like, you still shouldn't be putting yourself in that position when you're away from home, effectively in a semi final. You and I think the key to playing Leinster, above all else, is keep 15 on the pitch. Like you gotta do that. You can't give away cheap penalties. You can't give them access. You gotta be squeaky clean. I think O'Gara will see all of that and, and that's something that he's got right in the, in, the, in the games against Leinster over the years so 
But Leinster are brilliant. Like the, Leinster should have won more than one European Cup in the last 11 years. Certainly in the last six. They have been the most consistently dominant force. When they get it right, they're almost unplayable. The key is now, and I know we're talking about last Saturday rather than three weeks time, it's hard not to get drawn into what they need to deliver in a couple of weeks time because they need to be as good because they bloody owe it to themselves to win another one, really. Mm. Well, what's going to jump out at you from the weekend? Road touched on a few things there. Like discipline was obviously big from Toulouse. Like, you know, I'd have a very different view to the the backline rejigging. Like, the, like Malia started a Champions Cup final at 13 and they won it two years ago. Why Why was he not supposed to move to 13 right today on the wing? That seems very, very Well, that's simple. a poor coaching decision. Yeah, yeah. I mean... That, that, like, like Hugo Mola, like, I obviously can't read French or listen to French podcasts, but that should be the first thing they're asking after the press conference. Like, what on earth? I always like to look at, like... If that was an Irish coach who did that, what would I? What would we be saying? We'd be going. We, we would come in on. We'd be like, what on earth? It just makes. But you know it what? No it, you, you have these moments but though. Dupont, I don't know. It seems to be more. Um, Andrew thirteen and putting Dupont to ten. Listen, it means Dupont's touching the ball less in a position that he's less familiar in. Even though he can be excellent there and did a great job a couple of weeks ago for them in that position, uh, you know, got them got them through a, a, a tight a tight situation. It's like he's the best player in the world in that position. He might go down as one of the best. Oh, I think he probably is nearly already there. One of the best, one of the best players of all time in his prime. What are you moving him away from the ball for? Like crazy stuff. And he's got a nice kicking game as well. There, his, his box kicking game is excellent as well. Like you, you lose a little bit of that too. You lose your fear factor. Uh, but I thought it was just. I thought it was. Uh, it was. A typical kind of typical kind of moment of, of, of French madness, you know. Um, and I think we talked about how cool it was Ramos kicking that ball across the ground a couple of weeks ago, and that like it was great to watch someone be that calm. But the big ones against the really great teams, they punish you. He does. He tries to do the crazy jump into touch. You know, that's Leinster now out of like they're under pressure. Great clearance, but they were. You know, it was a long clearance and it wasn't five meters out, so it was going to be a quick throw most likely anyway. Um, you know, that then is Leinster ball. Then he goes for the intercept when there's no need. And then as well, even for the Conan, the second Conan try where he throws the dummy, like, what? The, the, the guy going for the intercept from the Josh van der Fleer pass, just tackle Josh van der Fleer. Then it's a one-on-one tackle. You, you, look, Leinster might well get over in that situation anyway, but they might not. Like, there was loads of times Toulouse were in that situation and Leinster just made the tackle. They just did the right, made the right decision, made Toulouse throw one more pass, had one more rook. And save the day. You think of the Natai tackle in the second half where he knocks the ball out. You know, they didn't. They just. They didn't panic in those situations as much. Um, and that was really the story of it for me. Well, I, I thought the 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 only thing I, I feel the same as Rudd's about it. I was kind of going back and forth about the, but I watched it again um, early this morning um, before work, and, and I. I think O'Driscoll says it in commentary. Then it's the South North movement at the end that probably gets the gets it for me. And it's a moment of madness because he puts the head down. There's no issue, and he just holds that position almost like if you're in a scrum or a rook. That that's perfectly fine in my opinion. And Van der Fleer is kind of coming in at a really awkward angle anyway. I think he gets away with it, but it's the movement up that I think you know it sends him off the field. And he was very lucky not to get a red. And that was crazy because Toulouse were coming through a really brilliant period. Twenty two. There was only ten in it. Like that, like the. Game game was by no means over. But this is what I'm like, saying. Even though they, they led to a 20-point lead at one stage. Like, Toulouse were well in that game when that happened. But it's a panic. It's yeah. it, it's, a, it's these moments of panic and it was bad decisions in, in big moments and it happened too regularly. I, I, I don't want to extrapolate and say French this, French that, but like, you look back to the Six Nations, like, Mohamed Hawass against Scotland, that red card. Winnie Antonio should have been red card against Ireland. The last World Cup, France were nine points up against Wales in the quarterfinals. Fahamahina has a moment of madness. Like, there, there is... 
a streak of ill-discipline. And like, I'm going to say Toulouse are a lot of the bulk suppliers to the team. There is that streak of ill-discipline. It wouldn't shock me if in a World Cup something like that occurs again. I just think they need to be really hot on that from their own perspective because... It, it does it has happened before I'm not sure they've realised it if you think about like some of the translation from and, and you guys are probably will be hotter on this than me but some of the stuff that I was hearing about from, from Mola after the game you know I love reading the translations he sounds so like well spoken and, <laughs> just, and like he can't be actually saying um, I'm thinking of lost in translation when the director ah, and Bill Murray are talking it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no look I just think that was a little bit I, I'm not sure they, they realise it you know I, and I think there was probably the Porter one was the only situation I could really felt that was a loose moment from, from Leinster that, I that think, was a very bad that was mad that that, that was like that felt like a bit of French TV that yeah, that wasn't that was shown again like, which which I think, you know, you and, and they, they need to be honest with themselves. They, they didn't play like a champion team and they were a champion team and, and, and you expect more from them. And I don't think they should be beaten by Dublin, you know, by, by the game being here. They should be better than that. And like, I was really surprised because I was at the Munster game in January when they qualified and it was clear that the path would lead them to this point and they were already talking about it. They talked in the build-up about the fact they were going to be the top seeds. Sorry, they've done they've done incredible work in the top 14 to give themselves the two weeks to get ready. That was all part of the plan and then they, they flopped. But while they can't use that as an excuse, if you think that James Lowe uh, try in the Six Nations as well, the Irish TV directors are get, are, are doing, you know, well, could be accused of some of the same stuff as the French TV directors are often accused of by French fans, but that is home advantage and that's one thing that's Leinster have going for them at the moment and they're making, they're making hey, they, they haven't lost the TV event in an awful long time, they're very comfortable there, a lot of them play for Ireland, they're, you know, have been winning there, they've just won a grand slam there, you know, the, the fact that the final is there really, really plays in their favour. But I expect more of Toulouse because they are Toulouse. They're not your typical, you know, they're not cast. They're not a team that gets beaten before they, they travel. They have won in Thoman Park this year. They, they, they've they won a title in the last two years and they are full of really, really good players. Who've won it, a lot of them have won at the Aviva for France, albeit behind closed doors. But it does seem like, partly because of Ireland, that there's a fear factor that Leinster are now imbuing into even the... Like I thought... There was three. There's two teams that really believed they could beat Leinster, but I think there's only one anymore. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We talked last week about how we thought there was three teams that had separated themselves in the pack in Europe, and like judging what we saw over the weekend. Well, although funnily enough, as we talked off air, Toulouse's record against La Rochelle is stellar. I think they've lost like one of the last ten matches against them, whereas Leinster have lost to La Rochelle twice, but then beaten Toulouse. Com- Comfortably three times. See, I don't think the weight is a big, as big a factor for that pack. You know that kind of. Way. I, I think whereas I think that's a, the Larissa's ability to kind of slow down uh, this Lancer team with the they weight. They play differently. They do play differently, yeah. but they look. They play a very expansive brand yeah. too, and they are they're they're kind of big guys. I think Toulouse are are better built to deal with that than Leinster are, um, and I think Toulouse, I think Larissa probably play a little bit cuter than than Toulouse do, and Toulouse will have that fear factor in France. They are the. You know they're they're the they're the big team in France, you know, and um, you know I, I think maybe there's a little bit of that with La Rochelle because it's kind of a you know it's a small place La Rochelle, isn't it? And it's probably traditionally kind of one of the minnows as such, even though it's a big rugby country, you know. But it's 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 to my mind, I, I think there's a little bit of that going on with that relationship and and why the fixture the the kind of um, the the win percentage in those fixtures kind of look like that, um, you know. And I think Raj and Dunica Ryan will always have a really good sense of what's going on here in Ireland and how maybe to slow Leinster down they'll have a good sense of Leo um, they'll have a good sense of, of kind of short and they'll know the players as well knowing some of the players intimately has probably helped them too um, you know so look I, there's it's, I think it's still a massive challenge for them but the, let's to, to just tie off the, the, the Leinster-Toulouse thing and, and, and remain on that before we touch on La Rochelle um, 
I think there were still a few things that Leinster should be a little bit concerned about. I thought the the first Toulouse try was really worrying. I thought the defence was really bad for that. Like, basically running over your own line. Like, that was a walk-in. Um, that was really poor defence. And if you looked at what La Rochelle did against Exeter, like, they were very dangerous on the outside channels. I mean, their kicking game was very, very good. I think that guy, Rule, is a serious player. Um, you know, I don't know how he's not, hasn't got more kind of international caps. Like, he looks like a serious, you know, I, I, like, the, the couple of times I've watched him play, he's very, very exciting. Um, so I, I think Leinster, I was a little bit concerned about a little, uh, you know, a few of those things and they, they're a little bit undersized out there, you know, with, with Larmer, I think, and, and, you know, if you have Jimmy O'Brien out there, um, that concerns me a little bit against, you know, about, you know, in terms of what they're coming up against. I do think Natai was brilliant throughout the game. He's really, like, it was so good. Like, after three months out, he was class. Even that little but, break at the start. But, but Henshaw's like, very, but Henshaw's very, very important, Will. Uh, I think he's really, I think if you look at Leinster's defence with Henshaw and with Ringrose, it does go up a level and I think they'll miss him. I think he becomes a really important part of this Leinster team if they want to go on and win this because, uh, you know, I think if they have Dante back as well, you know, remember he was missing on the weekend, like, you know, you just need to have that physical presence in there. Despite how good I thought Nato was, and that cannon of a right boot, I mean, as Rico said in commentary, it was a sixty twenty two. It was an unbelievable bit of play, and it was a big turning point, I think, in the game. So, yeah, look, it's it's an interesting one. I think Lancer can be pleased, but I, I think there was lots to kind of concern me a little bit well, as well. Will the opening score you make is a good point because you know you go into the game, a lot of people thought Toulouse could win, or at the very least make it a really good contest. And when they go seven three up and they score so easily, and kind of as you say, kind of. You know, kind of push Lens around. You're thinking, oh, this could this could be a tight one. But then it was the ill discipline, the immediate ill discipline. I think it was a high tackling guy Ringrose in front of the post right away. So Ross Byrne immediately gets it back to a one point game. You almost lose the momentum from the try. Then there was the Ramos one shortly after the two tries. I just felt like not only did they shoot themselves in the foot like across the game, it was right after they had got that early score when you're like, oh, they're here to play. It was a funnily enough, it was similar to last year when Dupont got that breakaway and then immediately Leinster kind of flipped it, flipped the script. But it was a different game from last year. Though. But even the tackle on O'Brien Rudds, like that was a brilliant tackle to get back and do that. Like crazy. I don't know what the story is with all these guys with small hands, like putting the ball in one hand, like a crazy stuff. Like, you know, it's driving me mad watching all these balls dropped over the line. It's crazy, crazy stuff. I'd rather you went and touched than, than that, to be honest with you. But I, I, what I would say is, no, but they have, yeah, no, but they made would be 21 I, I, points in 10 minutes. What I was going to say was, you, Leinster made it, like, bar the first try, they generally made it reasonably difficult and they make you score the try. Like, if you think about the Toulouse ones, like, they, that was the only time I really saw them, like, really make it tough for Leinster once they got in that 22. Then they, they, you know, they have that messy mall and that crazy pass, and obviously you get the interception from Sheen, and all of a sudden we're going, Jesus, like this is the pace they're finishing. Yeah, off. so sorry, I just think there was that was the only time I really saw them go get like a you know, make make Leinster make that one last play to get the try. Great bit of work, you know, the pressure's off, and they're, they're kind of still hanging around this game. They're well in it, and then they make that crazy mistake. And then I just thought it happened throughout the game. Whenever Leinster got close, I just thought they were, they were kind of feeble and made bad, bad decisions. So I, I hope Leinster don't read into it too much. I thought they were excellent and they, they were clinical, but I, I think it's important that they, they know where they need to improve for the next one. Yeah, I don't think they were as good as they were in the semi final last yeah, year. I don't, I don't think they had to be as yeah. good. I think they were, they, they hit heights, they, like, they were excellent and they, 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 deservedly won the game well and they've been very good through the knockouts I mean they, they comfortably beat Ulster comfortably beat Leicester they're stepping up in class each time but I think they'll, they're realistic enough and ruthless enough to know that that wasn't to lose at their best and they will expect because of what happened like I think it's in some ways it's the team they don't want to face because it's the, it's the second best team in Europe and I think they would have fancied 
sorry, I think they all fan, because of the competitors they are, they do fancy La Rochelle. I think they wanted La Rochelle, and I any sense of complacency that they might have having gone unbeaten through the season with both Ireland and Leinster is gone because it's Raj, because it's La Rochelle, because they've horrific memories of what happened in Marseille last year, and for us it's the perfect final as well because it's the it's the two best teams and and there there's a proper rivalry developing there, so I the things that you're pointing out they'll see themselves and they'll address to whatever extent they can, albeit it's very late in the season to be trying to make changes. I'm sure training is now, you know, they've got two very big games in between now and the final as well. I do think Guy Easterby and Leo deserve some credit as well for their recruitment because Natsai and Jenkins are not blockbuster signings by any means, but they've really added to what they have. Alalatoa as well. Like the, the size, like if you think that, that if Henshaw comes back, you think Natsai will drop to the bench. And now you have an all-black Samoa's captain and a Springbok, none of whom are superstars, but all of whom, two of, two of them are, have won Super Rugby, one has won a Challenge Cup in France, and Jenkins just gives you that thing that you don't have in terms of the size and power and the mauling ability. He's not flashy in any way. They're not, you know, neither of them are going to be called up during your season. They're just smart acquisitions. Like, Natalie kind of reminds me of Easton Asiwa in, in, in a couple of ways. You know, he's not maybe the same, quite the same level, but he's a really, really top pro. One of those Kiwi players that you just recruit and he just adds so much to your environment. They, they talk, they really rave about him behind the scenes in terms of his influence. You know, he's been around the block, he's played in France, he's, he's won Super Rugby with the Chiefs. That element to it, I think they're a stronger squad. I think they've probably raised standards for the guys who are starting. Ross Maloney, who start, was starting this time last year, I think he looks a better player now, partly probably because he's had to see off Jenkins, who's brought a new level of, of um, competition to them. So I think that last year they probably got maybe lulled into a false insecurity a bit by Toulouse. Now, they did deliver in 50, 60 minutes of the final last year, but they tailed off. They tailed off in a lot of the knockout games. They're not tailing off as much now, and that's probably a reason to be more confident about what they can deliver in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what players they do have back. So I think Ronald Callagher could be available. Like It looked like he was done, potentially, for the season at first. He'd be a massive guy to get back, and obviously Robbie Henshaw, if James Lowe is fit, albeit he came into the final last year under a similar injury cloud and didn't, I don't think he was fit. He didn't perform, and he had like one carry for one meter. Yeah, but Baird, I think as well, is a yeah, big one. Like, like he, if they, if that shoulder's right, like I think it sounds like they were kind of minding him. Like I think they will get more out of. Like I think Dars has been quiet. Um, Don't like one six. Yeah, like Conan, like, we said we said last week, and like we said, Conan's been playing better since the middle of the situation. Since Soros kind of got that knock against yeah. Scotland. So, but question for you: Like, would you get more from Doris at eight and Conan at six in terms of? Would Conan be better at six and Doris is at six? Well, it's worth... I, do you know what look, I mean? I don't, like, I don't know how we're, we're going to do We're having a conversation that Doris is very subdued at six versus how he is at eight. Well, it's not that he's subdued. He's like, he's, he's, his role is different. Yeah. So he's not allowed to do the things that he's doing, but he's still having an influence around the breakdown. He's still probably making more tackles. I, I haven't looked at the statistically, but that's what I would understand is the change in role. I think... Ryan Baird has been a really important component in the biggest games of their season so far at six. And I really like him at six. And I, I like what he does to their line-out. I like what, the way he's played this year. Joe McCarty's back as well, I think, in the next week or two. They have two games now that have, that have decent stakes to them, but where they can experiment a bit. Well, sorry, they're guaranteed one. They probably have two. You know, you put McCarty and Baird maybe out there this weekend. You maybe put Doris to eight. Maybe, maybe you have room to experiment. I don't know how they're going to do selection. I think what do you they're going think? to rest. We talked about this last week about how it should be managed. Like if, if I was Leo Cullen, I would make a lot of. I would make ten changes for this weekend. They might. They've done that for for semi-finals. I think there's enough before. quality in that squad. I think they maybe. 
Okay. I think they maybe rest six this week and six the they next. they got to go on the bench. Yeah, because so if I know we don't want to sound like we're going too far ahead, but say if they do win this weekend, like how many players would you play the week before a Champions Cup final? Like, is, is there a risk element there? If you're playing you Munster, play got to play him. If you're playing Munster in a semi final, yeah. you know, that there's still, you're still trying to sell 26,000 tickets for that game. You still want to win. Like, Leinster want to win it all. And it's they, a and hard they have balance. The, but they have the squad to do they that. They should be able to do it. But this time of year, it's going to be hard, though. We saw, like, I obviously, look, I don't even see that South African, the team they said to South Africa again, you know, that, that was a, that's a proper A team, you know, that was a BNI Cup team. We're not going to see that level, but they might have to dip into some of that panel. And, like, Reese Ruddock's out, so that's one player that you could definitely it, rely on in these. It is an impressive. They can't do that. That's, what? Can they? What? Can they, make, can they make, like, 12 or 13 changes, do you think? But it, well, like I'm saying, like guys who so starting Keane Healy, oh. starting Mike Lala Toa, like that's, yeah, you that's can start, yeah, that's yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. starting the guys who were on the bench last week. I don't mean like getting rid of the whole twenty-three. But I still think you need to have so, so that's that's probably why I say the eight. Do you know what I mean? Is that you go right? Or do you well, start Porter and all that? You just and, you, you know? and you, but you've so also got Michael Milne there, so you could give Porter a break because Milne is a really good player and he, and and, and it, to me is an international in waiting. So you've got someone there who has the profile. You start Keane Healy, you give Porter a week off. Sharks are good. Oh, they they're are missing. Good. They're, they've lost Cleese and Etzbet, so like they're not quite as good. And but they are. They're, 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 they're they are a danger, and they they brought a lot. It's a. I like think how deflating is, would it be if Leinster don't go? Like if they don't, I think the league is very important. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really well, especially important to lose La Rochelle. But ultimately, like, you want to like, be in two finals. But no, but ultimately, it is about winning the Champions Cup. Like, yeah, but I you, you won two Champions Cups when Leinster lost the final the following week. No one ever looks back on those seasons and says, "I do." Well, fair enough. I thought that was. I thought like that. That one in Munster still hurt. That one said, like, like one of the worst ever. It started my hatred of of, uh, of Nigel Owens. <laughs> to be honest with you, um, that one I Fair thought he was absolutely. The... A, he was a joke that day. But other than that, like that really hurt. Because I, I, I didn't go wild after the Hunting Cup. Like I didn't. I, I kind of I was ready to go for the week after. And I played well. I was gutted. I think there was a few people where it just it was such a big one that, that really pissed me off. Actually, to be honest with you. Fair enough. Well, um, for the looking, I would say that it, it everything should be geared to winning. I, I the think around then that was uh, Luke was probably the exception to the rule. Although I do think there was a lot at this point. There was a sour end to lose to end oh, the season. Worst way to end. I think the URC is a property a competition that's now property worth winning. Like it really, really is. Now you want to win the Champions Cup first, but I don't think Leinster are in a position where they can sack off the DRC. I just don't think you can give up. You, know, you can only win two tournaments every season. you got to go at them as strong as you can. And Leinster have... No, they have the squad too. Like they, we, we yeah. talk about their squad all the time. Like well, this is where losing Johnny and, and a couple of players and it makes it more difficult because what they used to do was rotate Johnny out of the team and put Harry, uh, sorry Ross Byrne in. So do they rotate Harry Byrne into ten this weekend to give Ross a break or or the following weekend and say to Harry Byrne go in the or What does that do to his prospects? You know, does he suddenly become a World Cup contender again? Like there, there's so much going on at the moment in in the next month. That I, I just got clarification today. The World Cup squad's been picked after the URC final. Four more games left to, for for Leinster players for the preliminary to squad all the squads yeah for the big yeah. for not the 33 yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, the, the training squad there's so much going on at the moment and like will we see Prendergast in the next couple of weeks is there a chance there to get him a bit of action I, I don't cast, think so but if you want to rock, rock Ross Byrne and Cotton you can't Wood, you can't do that I just like this is I know I have a problem with that I have a big problem with that I think I think Harry Byrne I have less of a problem with because if if, if it's not working after 30 minutes you can go like you're on but like you've got to like and and the lads have got to want to play these ones. I know the Heineken Cup is generally what has like it's what Leinster are kind of judged on at this point because there's been so much disappointment. And like I'm not I'm not saying that's that's wrong, 
But I'm what I am saying is it's wrong to not re- like the URC last year. That was a disaster to not win that. That was really really bad. Um, you know all the hard work, all the squad effort puts you in a position to be able to do this with a reasonably fresh squad. They don't have like they've got Johnny out obviously, and they've got uh, Kelleher out really. But they're they're in pretty good health really. Bar bar from Henshaw sorry as well. Um, but they're in pretty good I mean, health. I think Johnny aside, most of them will be back for the final. That's what right? I think too. So, and, Rhodes, and, yeah. and also I think Kelleher comes back this week so you've got a chance to rest him now do you rest him this week or next week or do you rest him for both games I don't like I find this this is going to be because we've never seen it before it is absolutely fascinating with Leo but no one is better at squad management in the modern game than Leo Cullen and, and this lens I'm sure they've been strategizing this for a long time but, but the reason there's the player management system in the first place is so they can peak at the end of the season so, so it, surely it's been like tailor made for this exact situation I know okay five knockout games in a row if it comes to pass is you could have guys playing like, thirty. If you so, so it, if it goes to plan, and I think you should probably be thinking that way about it. If you're Leo, because you can't control some parts of it. You can control the training during the week. You control control that part of it. Will, but I think if you're, if I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm thinking of whatever my best squad is has got to go out each week. But what I could do is I could have, if things go wrong on the thirty minutes, I can go right. I'm, I'm emptying the. There's two of these two like um, two of the internationals are coming on now for the last ten minutes to settle things. Two more are coming on 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 fifty minutes. Two more are coming on on sixty minutes. We're gonna blow these lads away here. They just won't be able to deal with the quality coming off the bench. Uh, but what that does do is it means that there's co- quite a few of them who are only playing maybe thirty minutes. Like that's that's fine for a, pl- a player can do that well and you can recover pretty quickly. Um, and, and that's how I would be thinking about management. But I do think that's why I said that that number eight. It, it, that to my mind is the number maybe ten. You can maybe squeeze one or two guys who have or are carrying a knocker. You do have other lads like Max Deegan, Scott Penny. You yeah, wouldn't have yeah, any hesitation. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, of, that, like, that's, that's the, the luxury you have of maybe. But you can't go too far into it, lads. You got to play the your best be, team. But those guys are like they're excellent players. Yeah, like, I'm not saying, but you just I have a problem with not playing your best. Maybe one or two, but that's that's it. You've got to play your best twenty-three here now. This is yeah, and there is an argument for, for almost just going back to back to back and, and, and try and win both of them with your best team. Like there is like I don't, I don't think that's the way they're going to go. He said on Saturday he kind of alluded to the fact that he will make changes and four I think, consecutive weekends like to get through all that with the World same Cup. team. Do you don't have to play four? Well, I suppose the Scotland yeah it would be four consecutive weekends. Yeah, if if they go, yeah, or grand, you know, like the women's the women's Six Nations, were, you know, that's four four games in a row, and you know, you, there are scenarios where you got to do it, and like players want to play, they, as you say, the best player management system in, in the world has tailor made for this. There's no rugby again until the World Cup. There is an argument for just going back. I don't think they're going to do it, but like, could you could you put Ross Byrne out the week before Champions Cup final and risk that you're going to start with Harry the following week because you've now Ross is very durable, but like touch wood, nothing happens. But it's the, I, I find time to play Harry though. If it will be that, that my one thing is that that the Harry thing to my mind because you have if you have Ross provided you put Ross on the bench because that mitigates the risk to me a little bit if things are going wrong. If he doesn't get any rugby, you'd be a little bit concerned if you have to come on if there was an injury. So I, I do think that's actually probably a sensible one. But the, the rest of the guys, there is good guys to come in if there is an injury. And I think you just have to play what's what, who the best person. And if that comes to it, you just got to trust that your squad. I think you, tr- you don't, I wouldn't be throwing the squad in. I'd be playing my, because what you say, I think when you come to this part of the season, what you've got to say to your squad is, well, this is we've ever whatever's happened to this point. The best twenty-three are getting picked every week here, lads. Mm. Uh, but it's, isn't the, not the best twenty-three for this game? Is that not how it all works? No, but I think it's the best twenty-three each week. Yeah, it would be who, who are my best players? Who's playing the best? You know, and if I have to rotate you, maybe you could be ruthless at this point. But I think they've they've got lots of people rugby. They don't need to be too concerned about someone like Nato is the only guy really who maybe Henshaw hasn't played in ages. But you know, other than that, everyone else will have played reasonably recently. In probably you know, most of them come back. We come back from internationals as well, so it'll be a slightly 
slower pace anyway. Um, so I don't know. I, I have a problem with it. But like, it's funny to hear. It's, it's interesting to hear the different opinions. Well, I'd funny. say I'm wrong, by the way. I would say I, Leo thinks the way you're thinking. I don't know if anyone saw BT at the weekend when Martin Bayfield last round on Gowers. Like, and obviously, Leinster don't have any big games coming up. You have two games in the league and. To be Roger was like they're playing the Sharks at the weekend in the quarterfinals. It's like shows how much BT Sport are paying attention to what's going on like outside of the European. But there is an art of there that's I think you know. Yeah, is, but it, you know. and our Rochelle have two two ordinary league games now. They want to get into the top two because it has massive advantages. You, you want to be the top team because you get a home. Sorry, your, your semi-finals on a Friday, so you get a. You know, there are advantages to, to getting the points. But um, O'Gara probably does have some scope to to to, ro- to delve into a squad a bit and, and pri- like maybe more than Leinster in, in some ways. Yeah, I um, know uh, he, he does. If you look at their fixture list and where Stade Francais are, who are in third, like it's unlikely that they'll be overtaken. And they play Stade Francais the week after the final at home. So if they do need to win that game to get back in the top two, they can do that with a, with a strong team. So like it's funny his comment after the game where he was like, "What Leinster have this week? I have we have that every month. Like that's that's rubbish. Like this is five knockout games. Like that's not the like the top fourteen. No doubt is a more I think a bigger slog but like I thought it was a very flipping comment from him and like oh, there's bit, bit of mind it. games there like, is nothing flipping about yeah. it that was he, he came in like right, like O'Gara's like a lot of coaches even though it was post-match and there was emotions he doesn't say things like Leo Cullen last week the Monday press conference that got so much um, attention like he came in wanting to say that was he was getting messages out there you're getting messages out there all the time and you know he wants his player like he, he wants he wanted to get that out there like I think he the, the top 14 is a tougher competition than the URC. He can't rotate across the season. Um, but they like, do. Like If you just look at the team sheets, you see that they do. But they can the kind of give level. up their... The, 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 the away fixtures are kind of a weird thing over there where you can rotate a little bit. It's less... It's more acceptable to lose... I don't know how many fixtures are. So to say there's 14 away, you could lose seven or eight of them. Whereas if Leinster lost seven right away, once you've There's also a lot more games. There is, well, no, there well, is more games. No, no, there La Rochelle is. compared to, like, Toulouse have a lot more players in the French squad than La Rochelle do. Like, how many do La Rochelle have? Like, you know, we need Antonio, Dante, you know, maybe the old half a story has been in a few squads. Yeah. But yeah, altered. Sorry, yeah. So there's not a huge. There's not as but many. You can rotate guys. people. Toulouse have... will be losing 10, 12 lads to the squad. So La Rochelle get to keep the core their squad together for longer as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although, look, I think. I think oh, everything's kind of equal when it comes to, when it comes to that game. I don't think either side can really like, they're put themselves in a position to give themselves a little bit of breathing space and just say if they want it. I think differently about it. I would say you guys are probably. It sounds like both of you think the same about rotating the squad in at this point, which I think I'm between th- between. Oh yeah, I, well, I, I, I think you're probably right. You also need momentum. You don't want to be coming into a final yeah, on the back of losing too. the semi to, to potentially to your biggest rivals or you know Glasgow. Like Glasgow is a trickier one. If they, if Glasgow beat Munster, then they have the Challenge Cup final. Six days after that semi, so like obviously there's a few things, there's moving parts. Um, I'm. I, I, it sounds like Leo Cullen disagrees because he. I think he's going to rotate to some degree, but I think he'll keep it largely between that twenty three. You see, they seem to think they're tra- they rate their training a huge amount, um, which I think is probably like that served them pretty well, but. I don't know. I think knock at rugby, like you, you just when you go week to week, it's like this. It's like the six stages. Like you never really felt, you never really felt Ireland were going to lose that, even though they were. You no, know, there was a. They looked. They were probably a little bit jaded towards the end. There was a little bit of pressure and stuff, but you just never really felt they were going to lose that one. They just looked like a team who'd been playing together, who knew each other well, who knew the game plan inside out, had been in, you know, a couple of pressure weekends in a row together. And while you're a little bit tired, you can kind of grind through them, and you actually do need. Like when you come to the latter parts of it, like Leinster is so good at the training. That they don't, they'll, they'll be barely be on their feet. Having you can just do it all on video. Having all the games at home as well is massive. massive. Like massive. The, the advantage yeah, that yeah, gives yeah. them over. No, I know they've earned it all. Part of the final, which was obviously just picked. Yeah, you know, yeah. By the, by the, just the, look, yeah, by yeah. the organizers. Like, they, yeah. like it, it's a huge advantage. Like. Massive. 
you got to, and you got to make the most of it. That's yeah. what you know. To go yeah. back again, they'll never have yeah. these players. This group of players, maybe Jamie Osborne aside, or maybe Joe McCarthy, will never have a, another final in Dublin. This is the only chance you get to win it in front of your mates and your family. You know, in, you know, sleep in your own bed the night before the final, all that sort of stuff. So it's it's a golden ticket to a European title, and that's why it's so important to them. Like I, I wrote it the other day, like they, it's not about us or the media or their fans. It's themselves. Like they'll never forgive themselves. Well, maybe they will, but maybe that's too dramatic. But they should. This is a chance to make. Like to win that star, to join the club, and it's so such a golden ticket. One thing that doesn't just a point that I looked at, I looked up the, the final from 2018, yet today or yesterday. Like, there's only probably going to be four starters from 18 starting in the final. It's actually like the turnover players. I know it's been about five years, a lot of the retirees, the entire back row, I think, are now gone. Retired Fardy, Levy, and Jordy Murphy. It's just there's so many guys in this team who you would just think of they haven't actually won anything with Leinster or, or haven't won a European Cup certainly like Hugo yeah, Keane and Dan Sheen Caelan Doris you could rattle off yeah a number of them have, like, yeah. some of them have ERCs because they, yeah, yeah, the they, they won a few ERCs, four or five yeah, but like Hugo Keane has never won that with Leinster because yeah. he came along after that that all kicked off as, 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 I'm not 100% Dan Sheen definitely was talking about it last week so Keane and Keane won in 21 but they have they have won with Ireland, so like you, you know, they're they're not going to be daunted by a final. Yeah. While they want to win with Leinster as well, they've been through that Grand Slam experience. Like that must have, and we we saw how nervous they were on mm-hmm. that day. Hopefully, from their point of view, they'll they'll be able to channel the memory of that ner- nervousness and not quite be as get as much stage fright. Because like I thought they they did get a bit of stage fright against England that day. You know, they've, they've worked it all out, and she in particular was was key to that. But they're. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're difficult they're, to beat now. I think that they're group, very hard they? to beat, and, hard they, to beat like. and they have a better bench. So they, the, the keys to last year for O'Gara, like there was there was loads to it, but the way they won it, I don't think Leinster will, will allow a team to beat them in that way again. It's going to take. Well, they have to play game. well. I don't think they've played well against La Rochelle. Like I think whether La Rochelle, there's probably a combination of La Rochelle figuring out a few areas where they're going to cause Leinster big problems, um, and they figured out the pace of the game better against Leinster. I think I think La Rochelle it's it's a it's hard to tell but I think they've they've done that better than other teams uh, have. They're real shrewd La Rochelle. They're really well. shrewd. I, like, like, I thought they like, rode yeah. their luck. I don't, like just to touch on that extra game. They rode their luck a massive amount at the breakdown. I thought the refereeing was atrocious at times. Um but they got away with it and they kind of continuously do that and they're they're cute enough about it. They seem to manage the referee pretty well. Um and then like they're kind of a pressure team too because the scrum is so difficult against them. Because the more like they have these, they can kind of build this like kind of real relentless pressure on you. Um, I think they've got the kicking thing sorted out now as well. Like they look like a really yeah, complete Hastoy's team a, to me. Hastoy's an, I know Ohio West has had really good games against Lancer, but Hastoy is a, a that was an bomb. Like that was a, an anomaly. That yeah, that, yeah. that one in in their stadium was like <laughs> or that stadium was like, like the six out of six. It, 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 it is crazy. Like like I know it's not as if look, we never talk about them or give them credit, but like what Ron Regar has built there definitely. has been like even like to hear. Skelton talk about it and Antonio during the week I read an interview I think it was in The Guardian both of them giving him like all the credit saying we needed Ronan to come in and, and like make us fitter make us better and the, the, you know the recruitment has been true even the team since from last year like Castoy you know Satuni in the centre he uh, looks very good who was he? very tidy Jeez, at the weekend so like you know like even they bring in Teddy Tomah he doesn't even get in the team it doesn't look like he doesn't but play. he could change a game for yeah, you like, I think he's, he's like if you think about you know, impact like Delano and Tanga beefing up that back row like you know Victor Vito walked away it's like the whole Package he's able to put together, and then even to have forty five thousand in Bordeaux from a small place—that's see them jumping. It looked like yeah, an Argentinian phenomenal. football. Yeah. Match. No, it's, it's, it's the whole package built, over there. Like. 
they they have they have built up. Now they've always had an identity, and, and rugby is 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 a strong sport in that town, and and they've yeah. tapped into that now. And they've they've been they were coming like there was a kind of a surge. I saw them playing a, a Challenge Cup final in Newcastle the, the night before. Um, Leinster lost to Saracens, so they, like they, they were around, they were knocking on the door a bit, like you know it had been building, and they kind of went back again. And then has the Claremont feel a little bit about them, doesn't it? They're definitely they that yeah, absolutely, yeah, not just the yellow. They, they, yeah. They, yeah, they should be smartly run behind the scenes as well. And, and they went and they got guy like they, they really went after him. They they they, they identified yeah, he had him. other offers. Like I think he could have gone to Racing. Maybe was one of the options. Yeah, he had yeah. other options. And, and the way he's built his career has, has been so, so impressive. To, like, he's been living away away for a decade now. He, he left in in 2013 after that Claremont semi-final in Montpellier he hasn't lived in Ireland since you know he he, he kind of went out the night before you guys oh, you won a, a Challenge Cup uh, semi-final or it was the same day as the Challenge Cup semi-final the, the year Leinster won it in 2013 so it, the way he's he's built it the way he's gone and learned the way he's like he was thrown at the deep end at Racing then he goes to Crusaders he gets you know that, that was a like the very few, I mean, obviously his name does open up doors for him, but he's he's taken those opportunities. You still have to be good. No, you do. Yeah. No, once you get yeah, in you there, don't you know, they don't mess around. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and your name only gets so far. Like you know, Carter gave him a recommendation, but Carter wouldn't have recommended him if he didn't if he wasn't yeah. any good. So, I, like his 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 career is fascinating. He will relish like you played when you know him. Like you know, he's he will really relish this great. more he's than so, I he's such a good guy behind the scenes. That's, yeah. Honestly, I can't. I couldn't speak more highly of him. He's like, actually so. He's one of those guys. You like he's a, like he's a little ratty fecker. Like, mm-hmm. but he is also like one of the best lads you come but across the, as well. You like you love playing with him. You love being around him. He's great fun. He's a good funny side to him. I could see him being a brilliant player manager. I'm not really surprised to hear guys loving playing for him. And he can have a tough conversation, which, which is kind of what I mean with the ratty thing. Like he'll tell you, he'll give you the yeah, bullet between well, the well, eyes. Well, Skelton well. said that. Yeah, he's like, you're, you're But he'll you're still like him. Yeah, he's one of those guys you still like, you're like, you hate him at the time. He doesn't seem to burn the bridge. But, bridge yeah. No, but he, he can he can win you back with a, like a little, you know, a little chuckle or a laugh or he's got a great, he's got a great way about him behind the scenes. I think how he presents himself I think sometimes would people might feel like he doesn't really have you know because he, he's very relaxed and thoughtful you know you think about it on, t- on television I always think he's very considered uh, and he can be kind of he can pause and be kind of slow sometimes responding to things because he's really thinking them through he actually can have big moments of like he can he can G up too like he has that which you have to have as a coach I think as well even Joe Schmidt I think had that too which most, lots of people probably didn't get he could G you up like he could pr- give it deliver a brilliant speech Roger be well able to do all those things. And of course, we know he has the technical ability. So it, it was the road less travelled. I think if you think about, you know, Lancaster might have been a little blueprint for him. I don't know if we watched that or thought about that, but he's done it the tough way. And it just shows you in life, that's generally, that's that, to me, that's often the best way to go about it. And he, and he, it's given him, I, I think he looks he looks like one of the, the most promising coaches in the world, uh, I think, at this point. And that's very early in his coaching career to be saying that, I think. I just, the image I got of him when, after they won was just the one of him clicking his heels in Lansdowne Road in 2006. How much is he... Lo- like, he wouldn't talk about Leinster in the post-match. He wouldn't get drawn into it. He has to be loving he, Sickening Leinster. Like, sickening it, Leinster. Absolutely sickening it, him. Like, two years in a row. Denying Johnny the chance to lift the yeah. trophy, which I presume is the plan as the, you know, the, retiring, uh, the retiring player, as Leinster always do. You know, silencing you know a packed Lansdowne Road full of blue jerseys. Like, no, like the competitor in him, the corkman in him, is just loving it. And like he's done it twice before. And, and to be honest, no one's going to hold it against them if they, if they don't deliver in this final. Like if they lose this final, everyone's going to say, "Look, Leinster are, are due one." You know, it's at home. Like it's it's a, it's 
European finals are not a free shot when you're on Nagara and they're not a free shot for La Rochelle like in fairness shot, sir, but there's a bit of that about it like mm. everything's all the focus is going going to be on us all the hype as Leo pointed out but even Skelter afterwards saying oh they're the hot favourites yeah. you know like yeah. they're, they're the best the team in Europe well, yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they, <laughs> he must be loving the build up to the Toulouse game the, the Toulouse game I thought was a funny one because like all the pressure was on Leinster but I was like well Toulouse have only won one in 12 years as well like look at the squad they've assembled they didn't win anything last year either they crashed out in two semi-finals too but it was I was like, I w- this is what I wish I could read French and listen to French, see what the French lads are saying in the build-up, the French version of the left winger saying in the build-up uh, to, about Toulouse, because like, I know they won it two years ago, but like, they, they were, they, they've really struggled in Europe as well. They've lost a number of semi-finals. They got hammered by Exeter, hammered by Leinster three times in semi-finals. Like, I know we were kind of post-Toulouse, but then when you just said there about like, La Rochelle, slightly different place, as you said. Ronan O'Gara won't be treating it as a free shot or anything, but they won last year. They're going, they, they really want the top 14 as well. They've never won that. And I know for, for Ronan O'Gara, the European Cup is king, but for the French psyche, I think they'll have one eye in the top 14 a little bit as well. Not not to the extent of neglecting anything about this final, but if they were to lose, they're still in a great position to finally win that top 14 as well. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, and it feels like, it's. If, do you know what I felt as well? It, it's real like astute, it seems like a really astute um kind of piece of career, like a career move from, from O'Gara because I feel like there's like really only upside in it for him, you know what I mean? Because La Rochelle, like, so say, you know, if they're if they're a middling team, it's probably still a really good result when you think of kind of how small the town is and all that. Now, but they've got a decent budget, it looks like. Um, but leaving that aside, I think what he's done, it was always going to be, like he'll, he'll be a legend there forever, I think, you know, and I think he was always going to come out of that. If he could do something like that, he's always going to come out of that enhanced. And I think, as I said before, I believe he's one of the best coaches in the world at this point, which is Absolutely. unbelievable considering how I mean, short a career he's had. Their budget's very, very good. Yeah. Like it will be up there with, with anyone's, but yeah. they've spent it well because yeah. I, it was Rob Kitts made the point after the Leicester um, Wigglesworth had that go it was like if budgets were guarantees of anything Bath would win everything every year because yeah. Bath were it's certainly in England anyway and Bath yeah. are an absolute basket case and they've no alignment they've got Van Grand as coach and they've got Finn Russell coming in as out half I mean the biggest mismatch I've ever seen which just shows that if you're not aligned you've nothing whereas O'Gara's spending that money wisely he's recruited lads like Rule you know he's, he's taken Rule and Lades you know two Springboks who weren't really on the in they, they, he got them in Picking off Tamar, he just Hastoy, he spotted Hastoy, he tried to get Jack Crowley, he's just even Skelton. Once Saracens went bust, he went, oh, I want that guy. You know, and like he's and he's got him fitter and and Skelton has spoken so positively about him. So he's also got that director of rust, director of rugby bit down as well. He's shown ability to to run to see the whole picture. He's not just a, he's, I think he's a, he's a good technical coach on the pitch, but he's also able to do that Leo Cullen bit yeah. as well. It's oh, it yeah. a big step up like so the mm. year when they first beat Leinster and got to the top 14 final and the Champions Cup final, John O'Gibbs was still there. Mm. So last year and they started poorly last year in the league like you know, I remember they lose they lost to Toulouse I think in the first game that was like they were and He's always got himself yeah. sent off and banned and <laughs> yeah. like you know there is like he's not perfect and even <laughs> I, I I spoke to him about it must have been the lockdown semi-final. I got I, I got I got out to Scott Robertson. I, I got Robertson to chat about O'Gara, but I also talked about O'Gara. And O'Gara was saying, "I've become a bit too GAA this year." I'm paraphrasing, um, not to upset any GAA fan listening <laughs> listening. But he was like, I, I, "I'm a bit too GAA manager on the sideline." Razor has a rule that you're not allowed to get emotional in the co- coaching box, and you can see it. I was watching the Crusaders and the Chiefs the other night. He do, he barely even gives a fist bump when things happen, and he. He doesn't seem, to, and he kind of said, "Look, it's a work in progress," and he, he doesn't seem to rein that in. So yeah. he still has things he needs Again, to work. I wish on. I could understand the French publication to see what's, what's <laughs> Leo's great right. at that. Yeah. Leo is Leo now, is great control the, of his emotions. I do think very the, calm. even Hugo Mola, like I, I think there's great theater in it, but he's patrolling the sidelines. Yeah. He's getting emotional. He's getting annoyed at referees. I think from a 
from a TV point of view or from a fan's point of ah, view it's great it. yeah, whereas yeah. Leo's up in a cold air-conditioned coach's box but he can't hear the crowd so it's easier to be a bit calm but like, I do think it probably helps in your rational decision making maybe get them make a rule that they have to patrol you know, I want to see I want to see Leo's <laughs> shoulder I remember, I remember, I remember, yeah. I remember yeah. Jim Telfer in the lines he's sitting in the stand he keeps turning around to talk to some Springboks fan like it's, it's yeah. all, they're just sitting in the actual stand but when you're in England a lot of the games in England the, the coach's box the coaches are sitting in the press box so I've sat beside Matt O'Connor one time and like it was really interesting to watch it whereas Diviva like you're, you are in a glass cage of emotion <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah so obviously you're talking a lot about Leinster there you were a C quarterfinals this weekend all the other provinces are in action too like there's still a lot to play for as you mentioned let's talk about Munster first that Glasgow game as you mentioned so so interestingly poised Glasgow going so well one of the form teams in Europe gave Munster a, a Pretty big doing, yeah, a few weeks yeah. back. But it's a great opportunity, like reading the injury bulletin, I think it was earlier, Ty Byrne back yeah. in training, like that's a huge boost. Or G. Snyman back fit, who had really promising cameos over there. It seems to be breaking nicely now all they're of a sudden. They're on their second upper curve, aren't yeah, they? Because they've had time. two real bad blips this season. Yeah. One, one was at the start, and then one was just around the Champions Cup quarterfinal. So this is their first knockout game since... You know, it's a lot less travel. I, I, I was down there today. They apparently train really well. They're excited to get Snyman and Ty Byrne on the pitch. They've never played together. Yeah, um, oh, really? Yeah, they're just <laughs> chips in the night. Whenever Snyman, I know, Snyman's played so very little Byrne anyway. To be involved this weekend. Yes. Yeah. 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 No. And, and um, Jeez, I'd love to see difference. the two of them just yeah. like bash brothers just going around. I, like I don't know, will they go? Um, will they put Snyman or Byrne at six just to kind of get them both? Klein in. Klein is pretty important to them, and he he's playing playing play some well. good rugby, and also Byrne and Manny Coombs in the back row is pretty. That's pretty yeah, tasty, pretty you know, and Omani can do that job. It's, yeah. I think Omani's in unbelievable form. My big thing with Munster now is going and perform in a quarterfinal because last year I went up to the game in Ravenhill and like when, when like there still was a trophy there to be won against an Ulster team that they, they should be competitive against and they were terrible. Yeah, Van Grand's last game, it was almost like they were like, oh, I don't know what, enough. let's have a little yeah, holiday yeah. before New Zealand. It was just brutal. Um, this is the end. Like, whereas this is the new coaching ticket with a team that has a bit of vibrancy to it. They've had lulls, they've had bad patches, like really bad patches. I do think that he got to them very badly in that Sharks game. But the Glasgow, obviously it's very relevant this week, that Glasgow game is, is, is a concern. Glasgow tore them to shreds and have a really good attack. But Glasgow did just qualify for their first European final in the Challenge Cup yeah. last week. Hugh Jones missed the weekend, not sure if he's going to be... Uh, yeah, uh, and like they're, they're, they're a good team, but they're not they're not unbeatable. They haven't lost a lot of games this year, but Leinster did put about 70 on them last year. And you go, I tell you, that's a meaty... Like, you think about that back five. If you have Klein, Snyman, if you go with Byrne, like O'Mahony at seven, Coombs at eight, like, that's a, that's a huge pack. Yeah. Like, you could try and stifle someone with that, you know, and they've got the line-out to do it there. They've got the... You know, you'd, you'd imagine that would lend a bit... We talk about the front row is obviously a bit of a concern in there. Um, Even Salah Noah's back. I know he's not a, he's not yeah. a finished article, but it gives you some power off the bench if you start. The yeah. Archer, you can take Archer off. He doesn't have to go away. They've had two weeks off. back five, you know, it's like, you could squeeze the team out with that. Like, and like, you could just... you could, I you could, could also play another way as well. You could also, like... You, you know, like, like, like Snyman and, 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 yeah. and Burner. Like Snyman was offloading. He was like talking about... You were saying... He has... He could do... Your halfbacks are going well. Mur- <laughs> Murray, <laughs> Bielsa, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Murray's in great form. He isn't um, he? I thought he was yeah. really Crowley, good. Crowley, uh, like yeah. I'd love to know whether they're gonna like uh, play Crowley or Healy, oh, but like I don't think Harvey's getting in anyway. But like the Healy's been Healy's Healy's better, been good, better. Yeah, but the, he was better in South Africa. But he's closing games out very well, so you've yeah. almost become too good at that role, you know. And uh, you know, but as he's looking for a place in the Scotland squad, he'll be pushing hard for a start. I know they backed Crowley and gone with Healy and cut Carberry adrift, but I don't think Crowley's been shooting the lights out. No, no. 
he, I don't think he's actually necessarily been like, oh, I've nailed this jersey down. They've just opted to kind of say we're pushing. But he, he needs, he, he still needs like 10 games. You know, right, do you yeah. know that kind of way? I don't where, disagree like, with the think, decision. I'm just saying form-wise, yeah. I haven't been blown I away. I think his, his upside is still there. And I think yeah. like we have to be cautious about probably expecting too much. It's going to be these moments. I, I actually was more, I actually thought it was decent that he was kind of middling in those games versus having like an like two absolute, like he... He didn't. He didn't play well, but he didn't absolutely have shockers either. No, you know, like no, away, which yeah, I think is yeah. quite of important. But he's well. coming like he, on and, and, and which is nice to have. But yeah, then yeah. again, like that's a great role to have. Like you, oh, you yeah, want your reserve yeah. ten coming in, um, affecting. You want your bench affecting games. And like, look, I think the pitch will suit Crowley this weekend. It's a you know, it's a it's a four G pitch. It's a fast track at Scotstown. He'll be under a lot of pressure. But like, there's a there's a chance for him to run it. Then you like. Frisch and Fekato has been a revelation. Mm. Before he left, people have saying that since he left, since the Toulouse away game, he's been really, really good. Um, he figured it out. Like he came over under a lot, like he just had a new baby and he was trying to save lo- loads of people back in Tonga. He was fundraising. He was up all night on conference calls. I think it did affect him. And now he's obviously signed on with Benetton. His future's sorted, but he's trying to perform. He's done really, really well. And they're two wingers. I mean, sensational. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Like, yeah, completely daily, underrated players who were ignored in the last couple years. Yeah, been really I, good. I really fancy Munster. Uh, do you? Yeah, I Interesting. Do. Yeah, I, I do. think it'd be tough. I like, think Glasgow playing well. Glasgow have a lot of the issues Leinster have. They've got a European final. A Challenge Cup is a big thing for them because they've never won it. So I think that is a challenge, a mental challenge for them to try and pick themselves back up, but they're a very good team. Home is a big game. And they know well. It's a tricky place to go and play, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, look, I, I, I'm going over. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a really good it? game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. surprised you're uh, not going to go to that one now. Yeah. I have. I was at Rob Penny's final game in Scotland when BBC Alba screwed him. There was no replay of a fairly crucial moment at the end, and his, his Munster career came to an end. And I was there when Razzie's Munster went over, and they went after Conor Murray Stanley. Oh leg, yeah, which I, was controversial. So they're like, there's, there's never some a bad blood. There is lots of bad. There's always yeah. ratty between those two packs, yeah. but I think Munster have reacted well to that. They've really created that the last couple of games, and I think they've they've they haven't lost a head. I think that's actually helped them along. I know Matt O'Mahony got sent to the bin or whatever, but it generally seemed to galvanise them a bit. He's so playing brilliant rugby. He's playing the he's playing the rugby like best rugby his career. Talk about timing the run in brilliantly well, like and with some serious competition for places like it, 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 into the World Cup. Sorry, I can just see a Munster Leinster semi final on the horizon, and we're having these big talking points of what teams should be. Hopefully taken. for us, it's great. Yeah, like, like, that, yeah, like yeah. Munster, it could break nicely for Munster potentially if Leinster do have you know what team can they pick what, yeah. who's available like, or if the Sharks pick off Leinster then it's Munster have a home home semi-final so the path the path is there for them so like there is they there's a lot for them to play, yeah. play for and also uh, what you said is but, really really relevant there are a lot of players there who will be on the cut line for that whatever 40-50 man squad who you know like think of Mike Haley Calvin Nash Shane Daly if you yeah. tear, shoot the lights out in the next couple of weeks Antoine you Frisch. have a chance yeah, yeah Antoine Frisch um the Witcherly got capped at one stage. Like, I'm, I'm just trying yeah. to names here. Yeah, 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 there yeah. are lads who need to play well next week if they want to go to the World Cup. Even Crowdy needs, needs, well, needs to play well. He'll probably be yeah. in the squad, but like, you know. Considering though they could have been potentially going back to South Africa, they could have been missing out in the Champions Cup the way it's broken for them now. They yeah, have a legitimate my, my, chance. My fear is that they, they've, they've achieved their goal of getting into the Champions Cup and, and that South Africa tour you know, take the box those. for them, but they've had two weeks off. That's I, the thing. I, I think the week, the, 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 yeah, the, the week off is. They've never really cherished the URC in the way that we talked about. Like they've never seemed to prioritize it. They've uh, that Messed like, up that, that quarterfinal last year just lives with me. Yeah, the Scarlet's final, well, even, and the final against Glasgow well, I mean, as well. Like. For some of those players, time is running out to win a trophy, and this is a great, great chance. I know it's Leinster in the semi-final, probably, and it's 
basically how most of their seasons have ended for a time in memoriam. Last year it would have been a stormer away trip, and they were all you know they just back come back from that yeah. ill fated trip to South Africa. Thankfully, no one has to go to South Africa. Connacht, Connacht might would they? Yeah. The so Ulster Connacht, yeah. So yeah. How, how like what are you? Are you? Well, again, that's like Connacht were really good over in Glasgow um, against that really good Glasgow team, a fairly strong Glasgow team a couple, a couple of weeks ago, and I just am not convinced about Ulster. I moment. sense an upset in that one. <laughs> do you? I do. Well, I think uh, Ulster, Hansen and Aki backer. Yeah, that's big. Ulster, Aki. Is Aki going to get picked? Yeah, he will. Yeah. Oh, he will, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah no, I think, the way I think even Friend said when he wasn't picking him, he said, like, we're going to send him off to Ireland. He'll get himself sorted and he'll come back to us and he'll be like an asset to us. So, yeah. Well, that makes um, a huge difference. That, that kind of changes things for, for, for the change of the dynamic then in Connacht. And listen to, I don't know whether I saw someone on Twitter or something, but I, it seems like they're quite confident, I think, that they might be able to turn them over. Um, look, we'll wait and see. I, like, I think Ulster, there has to be a desperation there. There has yeah. to be a Especially desperation. Especially getting they that second seed as well. Like, yeah. you know, they have a home semi if they were to win too, which is but massive. They, went a, they didn't fire a shot at Leinster in the, in the cup, you know. Yeah. I think they need, to, they need something in the, in, in the league now. They need to, you know... They, they can't go out with a whimper. It's just they're they're too good. I think there's too many good players there. But uh, I, I would, it would not surprise me though. It would not yeah, surprise me. If, if Connacht keep the ball on the pitch and don't give them ins, if they if Connacht's discipline slips, then Ulster will just kick to the corner and Tom Stewart will score more tries, and that's that's the <laughs> end. And Herring will score more tries because that record that's is that's ridiculous. All, you know, they, no, it is ridiculous. But and it's well well earned. But what Leinster did to them in that quarter final, or last sixteen game, amongst other things, was they just didn't give them any access out of the lineout. And when they did, they went up against them. Now Connacht have one of the best defensive lineouts in terms of aerially. Your man Niall Murray is absolutely brilliant. A really really good player. He's one who. Probably too late, too late too for late this cycle, but he's a really I, I like him. He's he's got a lot of a lot of the one assets or two. That he wants. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. like Connacht, it would be classic Connacht for them not to do it, you know, because it's set up for them a little bit. But but Ulster, I mean, Brendan Fanning had a piece on Independently a couple weeks ago about about how there's a lot of discontent with McFarlane behind the scenes at Ulster. There's lads leaving. Ian Henderson still hasn't whether he signed the contract or not. It hasn't been announced. Like your captain is still hasn't committed to whether it's an RFU or the Ulster contract in. You know, in May we're in May now. You How know, there's an offer on the table from 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 an RFU perspective. How would he? Like, he never plays. Oh, it's, it's yeah. going to sound really rich coming from me, but <laughs> he never plays. Yeah, I never had one of like. But they've already lost. There's no like. like nothing if he loses move. it, then they have no central contract player, which is a real indictment of the production line because Stockdale's lost so his. What? Like they, um, they can't be paying. Like you can't pay him that money, can you? He never plays. He's always he's always injured. And I well, I think also also would try and pick up the tab, but it would it would fall on them. But there's something there's, the, all is not right up there now. John Cooney's just hit form, which is really important to them. He's playing really well. That helps. Their mall is just really really reliable. But the form line of their up and coming players who we were touting last Hume, November. Hume, the Hume, Hume has kind no of stuff. tailed a little it's bit. Not ta- tailed is one way of putting yeah, it. Like you know, even yeah. like Balakun has been mediocre. Like well, they play. They, I, I find they play a very analog. Lowry. They play in a very analog style. Like watching them against Leinster, it was like they were playing 2019 rugby against the team playing 2023 rugby. Their wingers stay on the wing. They don't come looking like Balakun. If Balakun wants to play again to the Ireland team, he needs, he needs to, to start ball playing, being a playmaker. It's like Jordan Armour's been left behind because he's not doing the things that Mac Hansen and, and James Lowe do. Um, Stockdale's doing more of it, and I thought Stockdale again. Stockdale, like if, if they can get Stockdale onto the ball into the game, it's like dangerous. they've got really Big. good players. That's why they should win this game. They they have a bigger budget than Connacht. They have better uh, you know a better squad on paper than Connacht, but Connacht. With friend leaving at the end of the season, with a bit of momentum behind them and the way they finished it, a bit of feel good factor, I'd, like they're really dangerous for Ulster this weekend. I, Ulster largely win these games; they largely beat Connacht at Ravenhill. But I think Connacht, Andy Friend did win up there; it was their first win ever. But I, Ulster should win it. But if Connacht are clever tactically and get things right, 
I don't think the doubts will creep in there. Yeah. Like, like, and they, the fans, I can the fans are, person I've seen who's been consistent up there really is McCluskey. Mm. You know, they like he is he is absolutely pivotal for them up there. He's like if without him, I think that season Herring as well. Like Herring's, Sorry, Herring's, Herring's a serious good. performer. Yeah, 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 he has. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sure it's been good for them too when he's there, but Herring has been excellent for them as well. I agree with that. I, yeah. I just think um, you know, the, like it looks to me like Vermulem maybe is you know he, he's not as dynamic as he as he was at the top of yeah. his career. Still very like effective at times. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying I'm not expecting miracles from him, yeah. but you know they're probably spending big money on him. You know they probably need like Kitsoff. I think it'd be poor, like he's a yeah, good bit Ewers, of business next year. Ewers isn't the same level of player, but he's probably more dynamic and he's yeah, younger. Yeah, and a good, yeah, nice yeah. profile. He's not going to be away for international. They need to re- they need a little bit of something next year. They need to reinvigorate things. I think I, I know this season isn't done, but they need something in that pack. Uh, I thought Vermeulen might be it, but I think he's. Probably, I think their attack game needs to improve. They need as well. something, but they need the. I think they need the, the big, the top of the ground runners. I, I still think Burns is a big problem for them. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to blue in the face saying that, but it seems like they don't. No one seems to think that up there. Um, there are there is plenty of quality in Ireland if they want to go searching and put an offer in front of someone. I still think there's loads of guys there who would be perfect for Ulster and could take them to the next level. I think there's lots of guys who are better than Burns. I think he's way down the pecking order to be honest with you. I like someone tweeted us last week. I saw it. I saw it. Who's lending? Who's giving that's why I have, I have said I didn't say a name there but there's plenty of <laughs> in the depth chart there there's people who are going to be doing weights and sitting on yeah. benches like they have to be looking at that it's crazy that, if, that they're that they're not looking at that because that's a big problem for them like I, I just uh, I don't know but look in this, I would agree with Rhodes just to, to close it off as a point I just think they have a great record against them historically up in, up in Ravenhill or Kingspan and I think they should do the job but like as you say, there is there is ins into the game for for Connacht. They have those two guys coming back who are very important. So if the game, if the ball is in play and Connacht get get a few footholds in, the confidence is low up in in, in Ulster at the moment. You know. Last thing, Greg McWilliams. Then you know you had the story late last night, which was Monday night. So we're recording Tuesday night. Uh, as of yet, it hasn't been you know officially confirmed that, that he's leaving. But it, you know it's a, you know huge news. It's been a very you know very obviously tough campaign for the, the team, for the coaching staff, and it looks like there's going to be another reset now. Yeah, yeah, and it's just uh, like it. It was unclear last night when myself and Brendan Fanning were were were, were chasing the story and, and got it confirmed was you know whether he was pushed or whether he's walked. But it's becoming increasingly clear that he's being pushed, and and that's. I just think it goes higher than than, than a head coach now. Whether I think Gregory Williams might be better off out of it. I think you know two years in this job has been pretty pretty um, tough. It's been very it's a tough job. I really really wonder how they're going to go about attracting anyone to that position because you're on a hiding to nothing in many ways because the payer pool is is quite shallow. The competition structures aren't there to succeed, and you're doing everything on live national TV being discussed. Because of the 2020 campaign and because of of media are are, are shining a light onto women's rugby um, in a, in a good way, trying to tell tell the story in the same way we do the men. But when you're unfortunate when timing, you're, when sort of really yeah. unfortunate timing. Like you look at what happened at Arsenal the weekend with you know it sold out Emirates. You look at what happened at Twickenham with sixty thousand people. You see it taking off in other countries. And I think for all I saw a tweet from I can't remember who it was saying you know the media be delighted about this. No, the media. It's shining light. And it's wanting like nothing. Nothing. The media isn't looking for Ireland to fail. The media is just covering the story as it is. Like everyone wants this to be. No one wants to be sitting in a studio like Jenny Murphy, um, Selene Upu, and uh, Fiona Fiona Hayes at the weekend. Every week having to be faced with structural questions. They want to talk about the rugby. Everyone wants to move on and talk about the rugby. But until the rugby gets better. 
you have to look at the reasons why Ireland are failing and why Ireland are number one in the men's side. And I think they're number nine in the women's side, and they're in the they're in the, the third yeah, tier. Historic the teams they'll be playing in the third tier. Yeah, and look, they, they, they just never the, the book never seems to stop. But David Nusafora, who's the performance director, who's in charge of performance for both men's and women's rugby, he's done an excellent job on the men's side. You couldn't say the same about the women's side. He's, you know, the women's side have gone for on his watch. He came in twenty fourteen, were one of the top four teams in the world. They'd gone to the semi final of the World Cup, beaten the Black Ferns, had won a Grand Slam the following year. Now a couple of seven other teams had taken their sevens teams away, but have just steadily, steadily, slowly declined. Now he would say that there was a generation of players who retired and there was nothing underneath them, and you know it takes time to build it up. And there are people within the RFU doing, um, like they are putting in place building blocks whether they're right building blocks or not they are there is I think 6.4 million being spent a year on it now by the RFU it's it's big investment in comparison with other unions I've an interview with Kevin Potts that will be appearing later in this week where he outlines his vision for it and why he wants it to succeed but for Greg McWilliams to bring it back to what you asked me about in the first place it's been a disaster you know he came in with a really good reputation and uh, as, as a coach he'd been the US Eagles assistant coach he ran the program at Yale he um, had previously assisted the Grand Slam winning team and part he's, of what Michael's what's going on say Michael's absolutely well. and he's, a, you know, he's a really good guy I, honestly I, sorry you finish off no no you're right like, like, like I was kind of tailing off you know yeah. um, but you know it's been damaging you know it's it's been damaging to him I'd say having the front for this team Week in, week out, with all the attention, it's been really, well, it's really, it's really hard. Attention. It's even like people kind of quoting anonymous things from dinner tables, and like it's just, it seems like there was he never really caught a break with it, you know, that kind of way. And then as well, you got the structural issues that you mentioned. I really Seven feel for him. I really feel for him. You know, I think he, he, you know, I, I think, you know, haven't spoken to him about it. Um, you know, I think he. Um, I don't think he felt like it was. A, there was no lack of effort from from his perspective. I just think it's 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 a difficult time um, for for lots of of different reasons. I think it's probably best that he probably does you know move on to the next thing. Uh, I just hope this thing isn't too damaging for a very very promising young Irish coach. I think um, you know it shouldn't be. Uh, I think you know there's there's a, there's a, I think there's an explanation there that he can make going into his next uh, job. You know I don't think he's going to struggle for the next thing. I really and don't I think, think yeah really I think people understand that it's a very very difficult job. And I, when, when, I, when I said it was damaging, it's almost for his own confidence and and but like you know the results weren't there and I can understand why 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 they're moving on. But attracting, they need to get someone read like England just appoint. Well, I don't know if it's been confirmed, but John Mitchell's John getting Mitchell, the, that, yeah. No, I don't really? know about that appointment either. But yeah. it's bloody it's a former All Blacks coach who was England's yeah. defence coach at the last Men's World Cup. Like that's serious. Um, credibility now whether he translates it to the women's game it's, it remains to be seen um, they need to get this appointment right they need to get so much more than it right they have a big launch coming on Wednesday week there's so much work to be done behind the scenes um, to try and, and there's a lot of work to be done to convince the women who are actually involved that that, that the they're on board with it, that the RFU are really buying into it. And and so much distance left to be travelled. I mean, it's only it's only a year and a bit since, what was it, 50, 60 w- women wrote to them saying they'd lost trust, wrote to the government saying they'd lost trust in the union. And I do, I have heard from people who have been involved in the process that they do find the buy-in is much better now. But the journey left to be travelled is so, so far. And Ireland are now down in the doldrums, like the absolute doldrums. And if you think, the women's team are getting covered. Like, if, imagine the, the men's team were in that hole, what the coverage would be like. It'd be absolutely yeah. vicious. Yeah, but look, you know, it, it, that's the reality of where the development is in, in both games and the history behind, mm. you know, both teams. And I think that's, look, as much as, 
you know, we we want things to be different. Histori- no, we're, we're at this juncture now. We need to be realistic about where we are. And and that game is, the, the women's game, you know, has had moments. But, like, there's far more, you know, there's, there's bigger interests, there's bigger crowds, all that kind of stuff historically supporting the men's game. So you're always going to have that kind of interest level. We're trying to build up to that the women's game to match the men's game and it's way way behind at this point and that, that's fine but you need to accept we need to just all accept that that's where it is it's obviously gone backwards the last couple of years for some of the reasons that you've mentioned there and um, I think you know what what's very important is that the players have kind of input into this that they feel they're being listened to which I think has probably been a bit of a concern of theirs over the last that's very evident right that's yeah. been a concern of theirs um, and, and I think look the RFU have done a brilliant job with loads of the diff- like and rugby has has had lots of difficulties, but I think they've done a really good job with the game here, generally speaking, and I think that um, they will get this right. But it's just going to take some time, and that's a problem in Ireland because I think with when you when you try and compare it to the men's game, it's apples and oranges, and I just th- don't think it's probably the right comparison to make at this at this juncture. I just don't think it's actually helpful. Which you know, if you're if you're a fan of the women's uh, of the women's game, or if you're a member of the women's squad, you're always gonna. It's very hard not to make that comparison. But I don't think it's helpful for them, to be honest with you. If I'm if I'm being honest, you need to recognise the position you're in. Of course, take the learnings about what the men's game is doing well. But you have to realise you're probably on a different track. I, I would personally, you, you touched on it earlier, and we almost don't talk about it anymore because the decision was taken, and the sevens players, you know, were, for a couple of seasons, were pulled out halfway through the the, the whole thing. I think they need to prioritise 15s. Get, sure, try and qualify for Paris. After Paris, you've got to prioritise. If your best players are, are playing 7s instead of 15s, when 15, this is a 15s country, your, yeah. your shop window, there's no 7s. If, if, a, if a girl watches the 7s team win a, an Olympic medal, there's no competition for them to go out and play the following week in 7s. There's only 15s to start off with. So that's, I think that's crazy. The, the, that's a strategic decision. They've built a marketing campaign around Bave and Parsons for like you know Avonmore Milk. Where is she this year? If you were asking, like you she's know, not someone, on TV. Yeah. Like the just seven disappeared is, in thin air. I know. I know I the GA is talking about streaming versus uh, broadcast, but like you can't actually turn on your TV and watch sevens. You got it's on YouTube. World Rugby don't have a broadcaster for it anymore. It's all done through their own channels. There's no one at the stadium watching the games. Like it's it's mind blowing to me. I know the Sports Council funding, and I know it was New Sephora's baby, and they, like they they have. To go from where they started to where they are, maybe there's a. But he's trying to put a sevens model on the 15s, and that's not going to work either. I think it needs to be from the ground up with a proper competition. Anyway, I know we don't want to get too bogged down, and, and like Ali. No, but it's Donnelly, very important, Rudd. Like, no, that's, that's, that, that's the elephant in the room here. Like, yeah. if you're like, if you're talking to Greg, like, well, like behind closed doors, what's he going to say about that? Like, I know what he's. I'm sorry, I know. Like, that's a, that's that's. Ham, that hamstrings you straight away when you don't have a big player pool. Yeah, like you're missing your best players. I think it's right to go out out them in this tournament because dropping them in and out just just annoys the players that you have. But, that, but they should that's be. So detrimental. I, I actually agree with you. But now they're in tier three. Like, would they have been able to pick off one victory? But that would have that would have papered over the cracks because then yeah. they'd be in the they'd be the in the WXV next year and, and there'd be a sevens tournament and they'd lose all their best players for that. Or playing in Jamaica and Kazakhstan. Like, but that's where we are. Like, it's a bit like when people complain about Ireland drawn with who was it Luxembourg. Like, I mean, that's if that's where you are, that's where you are. Like, you got. You got to get out of the hole. Sorry, my my memory's but like if that's where Ireland are, that's where Ireland are. You got to you got to build from there. You're not picking your best players. Yeah, you're not picking your best players. Like. I feel like I'm going crazy. Like, it's, uh, but again, like, when you're saying like about men's games and comparisons, like would, that would never be stood for that. Like that men's team wasn't allowed access to the best players they could pick. And then look, there, you know, look, there I know be, there's, there's a bit. There's like another it. portion to it where it's obviously playing a big part in financing kind of semi-professionals or professionals yeah. in in the women's game, and that's that's its but real that's robbing Peter that, to pay Paul. That's, like, you know, I, I'm, yeah, I, that's my that's the exact yeah. point I'm just about to make. Is that you know you have to make a decision. Like the interest levels here are not going to be in sevens. It's not, and it never will be. 
Never will be. I, like it, it, if if they're in the, if they're in the Olympics once every couple of years, you'll watch it. But if but not, the men's team got to the Olympics last time, and I know it was behind, the, the Tokyo Olympics was quite strange, and it was behind closed doors, and they got a bit of coverage when they qualified. But really, did they? And I like the tanked when they were there. The, the kind of qualifying was their final. Really, they made no Are impression. 60,000 coming you out know, to watch they're the not even, no. And even, like, the kit they're wearing is not even the RFU's kit. Like, they have to go wear the Olympic Council. It's just, it, it just didn't sit right. Like, not that it didn't sit right. It didn't, it didn't break, make any breakthrough, I don't think. That, that, like, you know, in terms of anyone talking about it, in terms of generating interest. Now, if they won gold, would it have? I'm not sure. I mean, Olympic, Olympians don't often, for in, in, more, in more established Olympic sports, get about two weeks in the spotlight before they generally kind of fade off it. because we're a 15s it's the, country we're, yeah. it's 15s like, yeah. rugby's a 15s window, game yeah, your like shop rugby. window is the worst unless you're Fiji exciting. it's a 15s game yeah. unless you're, that's it like. and you've got broadcasters yeah. who are throwing serious weight behind it in terms of how many people they're, they're staffing it they're, they're, they're covering it professionally but you're not taking it like you're, you're, well, you're, you're taking, the players that are there are taking it seriously but you're not throwing your best at it you know like it's, it, you anyone got, who can't make 15s play 7s if you're a good athlete no, is that is that the is that the element? That's like that's what I think is Evans. I'm like, well, he couldn't make. Well, it in, in men's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're different. Or you're different profile. Like you're, you might be a really no, good you can't player. make it. You really, who 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 grew up? Unless you're in Fiji, and you've got Sarevi there. Like who you, who's growing up? Wanting, like you want to be Brian O'Driscoll. You want to be Paul O'Connell. You want to be Ron O'Gary. You want to be Johnny Sexton. Like. But yeah, and your point again, you know, Bevy and Parsons, no one's, she's not on TV. Like the biggest star that people, you have. If you didn't she know, has to be in the if you 15s, didn't know, people, you'd think she was injured or retired or yeah. disappeared into thin air. Like yeah. if, you, if you didn't know yeah. the ins and outs. And like, how exciting, have you seen? Like she yeah. is unbelievable to she, watch. Like, she yeah, can honestly. build a sport around yeah. someone like that and she's just been pulled off her TV screen. Yeah. Yeah. She's not, she doesn't play for a club. Yeah. Like, you know, so the, yeah. you know, people in Black Rock, I know she's from Ballinasloe, but she plays for Black Rock. She doesn't play from one end of the season. None of the sevens players do. They're just training for this goal and they miss, like they miss this the last time and they've got one more tournament I'm sure there's repishages and stuff to come so they're not even like they're performing quite well but they didn't but they you didn't go down and watch her like people will go down and, I'd go down and watch her you know flinging out these look, like lovely pa- skip passes like, they're all disappeared like it's yeah it's crazy mad. it's crazy and that's like I feel, for, I paid for, point, yeah. I feel for Greg I think it was a really difficult job and that is yeah. that makes it almost impossible when you don't have access to when you have a small player pool already but when you're best players, you can't you can't access them like that's. And I, I was listening to Danny Donnelly and, and Anna Capus with Sinead on the on yesterday's podcast, and I recommend people go and listen to it, even though it was before the announcement. But like the missing out in the World Cup was so damaging. But there's another World Cup coming very very soon, and now we just changed coach mid cycle. And Greg's whole thing was that he was building towards that World Cup, and it wasn't going well results wise. But now you're going to, whether it's John McKee comes in, who's the guy they brought in as a senior coach alongside him, or someone completely with a fresh set of eyes. How are they going to qualify for the oh, World Cup like, when they're coming from this, through the WRC? Like we're, we're miles away from. Would you want to go near? Right? It's the controversy, all the other stuff that you're kind of dealing. With. I hope that's all behind you. Yeah, you'd hope, but like I don't know. I got a trip to Jamaica out of it. In the world of days, anything. Yeah, I don't know. Will I, I just feel like it's it's very it, it just the controversy alongside it makes it even more difficult to do that job. That job is more than just. There's a real PR component to this to this as well as just the coaching thing, which makes it more, more difficult. And it's probably going to be a young, promising coach that you you want to get in. I feel like they might go for a kind of more experienced. Will they? Yeah. Well, maybe they, they will, can, yeah. but they need to do something. Attract, yeah. Whether you can attract the, you know, someone yeah. who's done the job elsewhere well, and whether you. Can, but I mean, you have to pay a lot of money for that. And if like, I remember New Zealand rugby had their issues. They brought in Wayne Smith, and they won the World Cup. Yeah, like, maybe uh, Joe Smith's on the market after the World Cup, so maybe you'd <laughs> fancy a, a few months in Dublin. Maybe yeah. you did miss for his job. You never know. Yeah. 
well, we could be here talking online about it. But for now, Road Luke, thanks so much for joining me this week. We'll be back next week with another podcast looking back on all the URC quarterfinal action. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. This is an Irish independent podcast.